Megan Fun of Sports is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it. You must be 21 or older. Hello, everybody, and welcome on into this week's edition of Megan Fun of Sports. You're all probably a little nervous. We're recording later than usual on our Wednesday time slot, but don't you worry. We did not forget about all of you and filling you in on all of the latest sporting news. I am Megan Connolly, joined as always by Megan Gailey. Megan, what is happening? I see. I think listeners maybe thought that I was not emotionally well enough to be here to do this podcast. It, it, we are now five days out from um, Purdue's historic loss, and I, I think I'm finally ready to, to be public-facing. So I'm, I'm here. I'm here, and I'm doing better. I really am. Good. I am so glad. We are all concerned about you. Now, we both suffered a loss this weekend. My Northwestern Wildcats, your Purdue Boilermakers, however... You were supposed to win. My team, on the other hand, it was a nice story if they won, but nobody really fully expected Northwestern to beat UCLA. And we're going to get to all of that later in the show, but we must begin where we always begin, with our morons and menches of the week. Megan, you have the floor. Okay, so for my mensch this week, I would like to give a little shout-out to an eight-year-old named Jordy Baron Sick, who is the daughter of Oklahoma women's basketball head coach. There is video of her, and she is giving Hayden Penetier in Remember the Titans. Like, Love she is that. in the stands. Her and her mom look alike. You know, they're both blonde cuties. They have the same mannerisms. Like, she is eight years old, and she is coaching from the stands. And the dad is sitting there cool as a cucumber. You know, he's kind of, like, pushing up his sleeves a little bit. But he's not even getting that riled up. And she is like, yes, let's go. She is hype and I just love it and I and I also just love to see a daughter watch their mom at work in a sports setting like everything about it is so cute I feel like this women's tournament maybe because my team didn't have a historic loss has been filled with so much joy and we saw that exchange between the Louisville and Texas player where they sort of had to and then even after it she breasted off and she was like listen tension we're high, but we're all good. Like these gals are just handling business and the viewership is up. I think ESPN is doing a phenomenal job with it and it's been a joy to watch. I love that. And we saw an upset too. Stanford went down to Mississippi State, I believe it was. Mm -hmm. So um, love to see an upset in the women's tournament. Eddie, go ahead. Do you have a more on this week? Um, I do. Um, I'll start, I guess, if, if Megan started with her mensch, I'll start with my mensch and um, I'll get into this. And this has been a topic we often cover here on this show and uh, many other shows on Extra Points Network dealing with referees. Now, Fred Van Fleet uh, of the Toronto Raptors did something pretty interesting. He complained publicly about referees. Um, he was fined for this. And you were going to say, you know, what's the big deal? A lot of players do this. Um, the, that referee, uh, Ben Taylor, has now been demoted uh, and taken <laughs> off of uh, a bunch of his upcoming games. And this is also the same ref that I believe fined uh, Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart came out and said he agreed with uh Fred Van Fleet and uh, and now even NBA like professional NBA reporters are talking about this. 
And to me, it's just like if if there are instances of a referee not doing his job, I applaud the NBA for actually reviewing what Fred said, although you should probably give him a refund of his uh, thirty thousand dollars. He was fine. But that's a good point. They actually reviewed what he said and said, "Okay, this guy is not doing his job correctly. Whereas the NFL, you know, I complained all season long. The NFL, uh, I believe it was 80 some odd plays they they thought were in question for um, late hit uh, on a quarterback. And then the NFL came out and said they found only, I believe, three of the almost 100 were actually questionable, which is just I mean, it's just so absurd. There's probably three per quarter in every single game. So Can you uh, imagine being in couples therapy with the NFL like they cannot take ownership of any. They'd be like, no, we, I actually during that fight, I wanted to leave the dishes in the sink. Eddie, I'm sorry to interrupt. No, you. that's so that's, annoying. That's exactly that would be very NFL of you because NFL couples therapy, it's like mid-March when it's about somebody else. It's somebody else's birthday. It always has to be about the NFL. <laughs> You can't celebrate anything else. It's exactly right. And that's basically why Fred gets my my mensch here, because he did. He fought the good fight. He actually won. The NBA did a good job, which the leagues never do. The leagues never look inward and say, we're actually messing up here. Like your example, the NFL, Megan, the NFL would never, never, ever, ever do that. They would never say they're Mm -hmm. wrong. They would never say they're at fault. Um, So good on you, NBA and good on you, Fred. Rockford's finest, Fred Van Fleet, undrafted. Rockford, Illinois. Yeah, he's from Rockford. Wow. And I think Shout he does things Rockford. for I think he does things for the community, but that's because the community needs it. Ooh, Rockford is a place. It's truly, a place. Truly it. needs it. Um <laughs> my mensch this week is Giselle Bunchen. And Ooh. Giselle did an interview with Vanity Fair. She was on the cover looking fabulous. And she's just one of those people who is effortlessly fabulous. So she should get the mensch every week just for that alone. But um, reading Giselle's quotes about her breakup with Tom Brady, it really tugged at the heartstrings. She said, if there's one person I want to be happiest in the world, it's him. Believe me, I want him to achieve and to conquer. I want all of his dreams to come true. That's what I really want from the bottom of my heart. She brought up that their divorce really had nothing to do with his playing. It was... um, a much big, larger situation than that. And she even had this quote here. It's tough because you imagine your life was going to be a certain way. You did everything you could, you know, an emotional bunch and said from Costa Rica as her voice broke and her eyes watered. Um, so this is Giselle really speaking from the heart. You give everything you got to achieve your dream. You give a hundred percent of yourself and it's heartbreaking when it doesn't end up the way you hoped and worked for, but you can only do your part. So, well, I, if I was one of her kids, I'd be like, wait, you want dad to be happier more than me? Like, (laughs) I just think that's a great, it's, it's obviously very elegant and she's, she's a much bigger person than me, but to want your ex-husband to be the happiest person on earth, You're never going to hear that come out of me. <laughs> well, listen, you look how I handled the breakup with Tom Brady from the Patriots. And yeah, no, it's and the exact opposite. Petty Patty over yourself. here. Like <laughs> me, I am still kicking, screaming, crying, yes. saying how much I hate Brady, saying that yeah. he sucks, where Giselle has taken the high road. And I admire her for that. So, Giselle, mm-hmm. you get my mensch this week. Meg in front of sports, we're on the lowest road. <laughs> we're on the access road that leads to the low road. Uh, do you have a moron? 
Okay, yes. So my moron, someone tried to hack. Well, no, someone did hack my, wait for this, Facebook. And it's like, you can take it, honey. I don't need it. So like, you're a moron. But on a sports scale. So I did not watch a ton of the WBC, but I just saw people absolutely loving it. And then I did watch um, the very end of last night's game where Shohei Otani, oh, God, my forever mensch, struck out Angel's teammate, Mike Trout, for Japan to beat the United States. So this is, I mean, so exciting. Jordy, he he puts her yelling shame. Like, Otani was fired up. There was a Cuban player who defected to the United States during, like, after the game. Like, so many storylines, a lot of international news. There have been some injuries. The Mets lose a pitcher because he got injured during a during a celebration. Edwin He's, Diaz. Ugh. Edwin Diaz out for the season. So there, I get that there are issues. There are a lot of people that are against this, and it's mostly it's mostly baseball owners though, and I just find anyone who takes the side of ownership across anything, Starbucks even, I go nope. We are we we're not anti owners, but we are of the people. And Edwin Diaz, I think, would still play. He would probably celebrate differently. But it means so much to these international players. And I think they were saying something like thirty six million people watched a game the other day. And we are very critical of baseball over here at Megan Fun of Sports. They need more eyeballs. And if this gets more international players into Major League Baseball, which leads to more eyeballs, I think that is a good thing, even if there are some injuries. So my moron goes to people that are against the WBC. And I like the passion these players are playing with. It, it means more for them. And you get a situation where um, it ends up perfect, right? So I think you have Otani and Trout and the end Ugh. there, and that actually grows the game. It's good for the Angels. God, maybe they'll get two more people to go, and maybe they'll try and make the playoffs, considering they have the two best players in baseball. <laughs> Eddie, go ahead. You're moron. I can't wait to hear it. So my moron's going back to the NFL, and I understand it's the offseason, and pretty soon once, you know, March Madness wraps up, we're not going to have a ton time of... Wait, out. I thought we were going to get you as your moron for the way you embarrassed yourself uh-uh. last night. Uh, uh-uh. I mean, it was just a, it was just a, a funny comment. That, uh, yeah, I made it. I'm a on dumb. Eddie's side. He didn't embarrass himself. Keep going, Eddie. It was just, I went, a, I went to a, I went to a, no, 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 I'll tell it. No, we're not cutting. I'll, I'll I just went to a, I got invited to an event. Um, there was special food for the event, but it was at a restaurant. So I asked a waitress, is this uh, the, the restaurant's menu? And she said, no, just for the event. I said, oh, dang, like I would have been back here all the time. What I really meant, but it's in an area of LA where it's, uh, you gotta be pretty rich, rich to live over there. And it, I don't really go there a lot. So she and then she, you know, fired back. She goes, you know, well, our menu's pretty good too, and not even hostile. Um, and then we joked about it after, so it was all good. But I was moronic in that instance. But um, mine is NFL related. It's the off season, not a lot of stuff going on in other sports. So of course you have these shows. I believe this is on Get Up, and you have to do this. Mm-hmm. And this is coming from Robert Griffin the third. And I'm an RG three fan. I actually ordered his uh, Baylor jersey years and years ago when he won the Heisman. I thought he was great. He does his uh, top five quarterback list. Again, this is March 22nd. I don't even think the NFL right now is pretty. I mean, the NFL is pretty. It's taken over the headlines. There's trades every single day. Big free free signings. You have the the Lamar Jackson saga. You have the Aaron Rodgers saga. There's plenty to talk about. So I don't think they needed to do this list. But boy, oh boy, this list, not great. And he put 
Mahomes one, Josh Allen two, Lamar Jackson three, Joe Burrow four, Aaron Rodgers five, which tongue in cheek is pretty funny. The problem that he's getting a lot of uh, negative feedback for is this Joe Burrow at number four. I would probably say at outside of the Chiefs, almost every I think every team in the NFL would trade their quarterback for Joe Burrow, even uh, teams with Josh Allen or Herbert or Rodgers or Lamar Jackson. I just think that Joe Burrow is that much better and putting him fourth here. And his reasoning why is because of the weapons he has, the receivers, obviously with with Jamar Chase and, and, and T Higgins and Tyler Boyd, um, you know, again, Stephon Diggs on the Bills with Josh Allen. Dawson Knox is no slouch. Gabe Davis had a phenomenal year. Patrick Mahomes has arguably the best tight end of all time. And Travis Kelsey, plus um, one of the greatest uh, head coaches of all time. Uh, You can make the argument about Lamar Jackson. Obviously, I see that. But it's just like, to me, I don't think you should be blaming the quarterback for the organization doing its job by building a uh, complete roster to make sure that Joe Burrow, your young quarterback, has weapons. Because let's not forget, before Joe Burrow was wearing the black and orange, that team was terrible. There, there's a reason why they're picking yeah. so high in the draft that we're able to get the quarterback from LSU. Um, and as a rookie, made them competent and then brings them to a Super Bowl, brings them to the AFC title game. Um, again, like, you know, Joe Burrow is probably right behind Mahomes, in my opinion, in the NFL. So I think for uh, RG3 to put him in number four in the AFC, and this is not even adding the NFC quarterbacks, uh, I just. Um, I think they got to find better offseason content on uh, ESPN so he gets my more of the week. Give Joe he Burrow some talking. respect. I mean, seriously, that guy, it should be, I think you could argue he's one of, he is the best quarterback too. Listen, I know Mahomes is up there, but I think, you know, we could have a 1A, 1B situation. I, I'm with Eddie on this. I'm with Eddie and like, it's March 22nd. Can we find something else to talk? And, and you know what? That's me on my low road because the Colts don't have a quarterback. Where was Gardner Minshew on the list? Well, speaking of the Colts, he must have been six. He must have been six. (laughs) Speaking of the Colts not having a quarterback, this uh, relates to my moron of the week, and that is Cam Newton. So Cam Newton has come out and said there is not thirty-two quarterbacks. There, I'm sorry, Cam Newton has come out and said that there are not thirty-two quarterbacks in the NFL that are better than him. And listen, I had a front row seat to the Cam Newton experience, and I promise you. There are 32 quarterbacks in this league that are better than Cam Newton, and I would go out to say that um, there's probably more than that that are better than Cam Newton. Now, Megan, I know we're going to dive into this when we get to our NFL talk because part of you wants Cam Newton. I am telling you, as a friend, as someone who (laughs) experienced this, do not... Do not go down that road. This is your friend being like, no, girl, he's bad news. He's bad news. You don't want to date him. Don't do it. You don't want to. Sometimes you got to just date that bad boy and know for yourself. And this has, I'm asking you as a friend, this has nothing to do with the way he writes his captions on Instagram, right? Nothing to do with the captions. (laughs) I love the outfits. I think he is fantastic with the media. So fun. Um, I think he says all the right things. I think. What he did in Carolina makes him appealing because he was so fun to watch, especially that year when he had his MVP season. But he's really never been the same since then. You even sent me a highlight clip today of him throwing it down the field after I told you you can't throw it down the field. Megan, I'm telling you, he can't move. He can't. Uh, Neither, But neither can I, you know? (laughs) I go, let's have a little fun. Because... I think the Colts are tanking. I really think all the moves that we can move them into, oh, we're tanking. But I go, if we're going to tank, can we at least have some fun hats? 
we thought it was going to be fun in New England. And let me tell you, we were wrong. It was not fun. Nothing about the Cam Newton experience was fun. Do love the outfits. I'm yeah. big, big, big fan of the <clears throat> outfits. Well, we are having fun here. Um, we are going to take a quick break and then we will be back with, oh gosh, we got a lot of basketball to get to. Caesar Sportsbook. It's not just an app. It's a whole empire. Iconic casinos, hotels, world-class restaurants, it's all yours with Caesars Rewards. Because every bet you place, whether you win or lose, earns rewards credits, which you can redeem for hotel stays at over 50 destinations. Meals, tickets, merch, bonuses, and more. Get started today. Create an account with promo code OMAHAFULL. That's O-M-A-H-A-F-U-L-L. Must be 21 plus, 19 plus in Ontario. Must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Maryland, Michigan, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming, or Washington, D.C. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, Utah, and other states were prohibited. No one to stop before you start. Gambling problem? Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Ohio, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER, 1-800-426-2537, or in Maryland, visit mdgamblinghelp.org, or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Colorado, D.C., Nevada, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700. In Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. In Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. In Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed through Horseshoe, Bossier City, and Harris, New Orleans. In Massachusetts, if you or a loved one is experiencing problems with gambling, please call 1-800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org for 24-7 support. In Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY, which is 467-369. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com.
We are back. We are mere games away from NBA playoffs. I am having to watch games in my household that my husband needs people to lose so the Lakers can get into the play. Like, it's really, we're really getting into bubble watch. Mm -hmm. Um, And a very scary moment for the Clippers last night. Paul George went down. I I believe people thought it was a torn ACL. It appears maybe it's an ankle and that he's going to be fine. He'll be back so he can reign supreme as playoff P, as he likes to call himself. Megan, what are you watching for? Um, I'm watching the Celtics sort of implode here. Maybe implode is harsh for this Celtics team, but it doesn't seem like they can really get it together. And the big bomb that dropped is that Jalen Brown's era in Boston could be coming to an end, which I think is a pretty bad story to come off just mere weeks before the playoffs begin. Yeah. Um, You know, I think Jalen Brown is like a hunk and he's obviously very, very smart. It it seems that team really was overcoming the off-season drama that happened with their last head coach. And and we, we obviously have this new head coach who said the royal family is Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, so we had a lot of fun with that. The Celtics were clicking, and now they're not clicking at kind of the most important time, and you see the Bucks just really surging. The 76ers playing well. I was going to well. say, the Sixers. I mean, Embiid has turned it on even more, too. Yes, and, and then you got to worry, once you get into the playoffs, too, about the Heat, because they're a team that just plays well in the playoffs. I asked this question to CJ the other day, and, and I'll ask it to you, too. The Pacers are, are, are not going to be going deep into the playoffs, um, and, and the Lakers, they I don't think are going to be either. So I have decided to throw what may be cursed energy I have behind the Bucks. The Bucks mm-hmm. are are my team out of the East. I really don't even have a team out of the West. The Nuggets do nothing for me. Um, Can and I give you a team out of the West? Yeah. Yeah, I think, and this is a team for everybody. If you don't have a team, you can jump on this team. Um, I'm giving out the Sacramento Kings as this team. Now, they're really a year away from making a substantial run, but I think Mm -hmm. they could get past the first round, and I think they're very fun. They've Mm -hmm. overachieved. They're in stadium. Their home home court advantage is a blast. The fans Mm -hmm. are into it. They're chanting like the beam. I love Keegan Murray. I love De'Aaron Fox. I think this is a a very exciting team to get behind. So if you need a West team, go ahead. You can take my kegs. And and actually, Megan, at at first I was hesitant to that because Sabonis wound up on the Kings and and he is their all-star. And I really do love him because of a trade with the Pacers that brought us Tyrese Halliburton and Buddy Heald. And so it's no love lost there. I I look at the Kings and I go, I'm happy it worked out for you. And I feel like it worked out for the Pacers. So I am going to throw. I think you're in it for the purple, but I am in it for the Sabonis and that works too. We um, have to talk about the, drama the, in the NBA. Um, so okay. obviously Dylan Brooks's name has been just getting dragged through the mud. I think he has a technical in every single game that he's played in throughout this season. Kyrie Irving probably did the only funny thing that Kyrie Irving has ever done. And when Dylan Brooks went to go give him his jersey, you know how the players oh do a jersey swap God. after games, Kyrie <laughs> just walked it. away. And I, Kyrie's it, not funny. Usually Kyrie is on the butt of the joke. And this was even funnier because now suddenly Dylan Brooks is on the end of the joke. It, what is happening with Dylan Brooks? 
Kyrie was so slick about it. It honestly felt like an optical illusion because you see them trade and then you see Dylan Brooks look down and be like, oh, I still have two jerseys in my hand. And Kyrie's <laughs> gone at that point. And I'm like, oh my gosh, should Kyrie be the next James Bond? Like it was, it was a sleight of hand. He was a magician. You're going to be in Vegas. I, I'd say get Kyrie on the stage. It was really funny. <laughs> I, I don't hate Dylan Brooks and I know that I should, but I don't know. There's something where it's like he does keep us talking. I do think he goes to bat for his teammates. Now, I wonder if the locker room is annoyed with him. And and I do think there's going to be increased scrutiny on that team. Um, and, and there has been with all the jaw of it. We are jaw apologists over here. Yes, we we just want jaw to be healthy and wealthy and well. So when he comes back, I do think that shines a spotlight on them. They're a team that I that is like tough to root for right now, just because it does seem like drama with a capital D, but I hope they write it. And I, and I hope next year we're looking back on this and being like, Oh, you know what? They figured it out. And, and now they're a powerhouse again. I do think whoever is in charge of Kyrie's public relations, this was just a master so class funny. on how to handle it because Kyrie once upon a time, Three months ago was the most hated NBA player. Now Dylan Brooks is the most hated NBA player for this time being. And Kyrie does this jersey swap. It makes Kyrie look good. So um, slowly but surely fixing the damaged reputation. A few little quick notes. The Lakers expect LeBron to return in the regular season. I think that's good news. The team's actually been playing amazing. Austin Reese had 35 points the other day. So... I actually think this injury will end up being kind of good for them where it's allowed these other guys to gel and, and show their strengths and rest in peace to the original captain, Nick's Hall of Famer, absolute legend, Willis Reed. I was listening to Tony Kornheiser just wax poetic about him. So I know for a certain generation, he was the guy and just a presence. I mean, 80 years old and to see him in those suits and those photographs, just a just a handsome elder man. Mm. Speaking of suits and photographs, let's move on to college basketball. We have a lot to get to as it relates to my favorite season, which is March Madness. But before we dive into March Madness, we have to talk about the kid from Manhattan returning to New York. St. John's hires Rick Pitino. Yes, I've been on Rick Pitino watch for a while. For a while, I thought he was going to go to Georgetown. St. John's made more sense. The Johnnies got it done. Rick Pitino is in the Big East. Um, Man, if, and we were talking about PR just a second ago with Kyrie. If anybody screws up bad enough, you can all learn from Rick Pitino because here's what you do you go to Greece and you win a national title in Greece. You dominate in Greece, you stay there for a few years. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. He succeeds at Iona, and now um, he's moving on to a bigger conference in the Big East. And now there's drama in the Big East because Ed Cooley, who is beloved by the Providence Friar fans, he's done Mm -hmm. wonders for that program. He jumped ship on Providence and is headed to Washington, D.C. to take over the Georgetown Hoyas, who have been a complete disaster. Mm -hmm. And if if I'm a Providence fan... 
I and Cooley, I mean, I am out for blood no, with that guy. No, and I. Lo- well, this is good. It's sports hate. Sports hate is good. I we think like you have to go. Rivalry. He did so much for this program, his hometown, and and it's a bigger job. You can't. You it's can't, a bigger so job I, for a program that has been. I'm used to being left um, in a sports sense, and so I do go. It's better for them. He's going to be in DC. Maybe my brother can sell him a house. Megan uh, on Megan Fun of Sports, we don't take the high road. We take uh, we take the underpass road, the lowest road possible, and that's what we want these Friar fans to do. Okay, screw and Ed so the, the last stop on the coaching carousel, Iona was open, and so. FDU, Fairleigh Fairly Dickinson, Dickinson University. Their coach, Tobin Anderson, a man whose face is burned in my brain, is going to be replacing Rick Patino. Now, Megan, I would like to take just a little second to publicly mourn what happened. Now, I know that I had been out on Purdue and said they'll lose in the Sweet 16. This is what they do every single year. I went against my own gut and I picked them to win in every single one of my brackets. They are my alma mater. I really did have four amazing years there. The the basketball team was good. The football team was good. I got a great education at a low price. (laughs) And now I'm out in this world and there's very few Purdue fans in in Southern California. And so when they do something, when they were number one this season, it meant a lot to me. And then they were a number one seed for the first time in 30 years. And and I love Zach Eady. And I think the group of guys around him are, are really good guys and good students and the type of players that you feel good rooting for. And so all that said, I feel devastated for them because this is not a loss that's just going to be like, oh, we lost and we'll pick ourselves up. This is a historic loss. It's only the second time ever that a one seed has lost to a 16. This is going to follow these kids who will grow into men and old men for the rest of their lives. When they die, it's going to be in their obituary. And so I feel for them. We all saw the whiteboard that got smashed and, and, and that's okay. Like that's the correct response. And I think the additional correct response is it's time to move on from Matt Painter. He's obviously a great recruiter. He does not have it in March. You look at someone like Tom Izzo, you go, they got it in March. You look at, you look at even Calipari and you go, listen, did he cheat? Great. He's got it. So Matt Painter, The the fan base, I think, is so disappointed. It's going to be too hard to come back from this. I thought his post game was a little smug of basically being like, they're not going to fire me. That was the attitude I got from it. Don't you want to go someplace else? Like, let's just all part ways amicably. And I don't want to go down this path again and just bring in a fresh start. Zach Eady, I think, is going to go to the NBA. I worry for him. I I keep going, what what? about Joel Embiid and Zachary? I mean, Zachary is going to be on the floor 75% of the game, but I wish him well. And I even wish Matt Painter well, but it's time for you to move on. If you have this kind of loss, you should just hand in your resignation letter and go, oh, nope, too bad. And I got to go. Wow. Now this is alarming because on Extra Points Podcast Network show Against All Odds, there was a debate about Matt Painter on Monday. Um, Harry is on the same side as you. He thinks yes. Matt Painter 
needs to go. Does not think Matt Painter is a good coach, which I don't think you believe, but you believe he is not a good coach. I think he's March. a better I think he's a better recruiter than he is coach. And you look at those guys that through that game when I walked out, we're a minute into the game, my husband goes, CJ, I got a bad feeling about this. And the truth is, so did I. And that's because of Matt Painter. This is not an isolated incident. This is not an overreaction to a historic loss. This is this is what he does. We lost to a 15 seed last year. He loses in March. And if the college basketball season is about March, he doesn't get it done. So it's time to move on. Now, Parlay Kid would disagree with you. Parlay Kid is a big Matt Painter apologist. So I think what we need to do on the Extra Points Podcast Network, I know somebody who can make this happen. I think we're going to have to go to court for Extra Podcast Network. Great. It's going to be you and Harry. I will defend Parlay Kid, and Sal can be the judge. He does have a law degree, and we can have a little Extra Points court situation to decide Matt Painter's future. I would love that. This will be like when Hillary Swank went to law school to get her brother out of jail. Like, I am coming from this case inside. Okay, I'm going to get my best um, Navy suit on, and we will prepare for court <coughs> to decide what happens to Matt Painter. Um, now, while you were watching Purdue and, you know, just mourning over the loss, I'm sure it was difficult for you to watch the rest of the weekend of college basketball. Uh, I right? I didn't watch any of it when they with like a minute left. I went and put my phone in the other room. I was on a family vacation mm-hmm. and and I just looked at my son and said, well, I love you and I can't focus on anything else. I did not watch a second of basketball the rest of the weekend. And I feel really, really bad about that because I know it is my job and I couldn't do it. And I know you're not lying because I texted you after Purdue. Well, we were texting during the Purdue game and suddenly you went zero dark 30. Didn't hear from you for a solid day. And then you said, I'm sorry. I had to mourn Purdue and stare at my son, but I'm back now. So you're not lying about this. This is, this is accurate. Um, a couple of quick notes. Obviously we mentioned Purdue's lost, um, Arizona, number two seed lost to a number 15 seed Princeton, Virginia. Speaking of guys who don't have, have it in March. Tony Bennett, who I have a huge crush on. I think Ooh. he's he's aged the right way. Oh. Um, I'm just going to say that. Tony like Bennett, that. Um, he does not have it in March at all. This He's also lost to a 16 seed in March. Got eliminated by a number 13 seed in Furman. Kansas lost to an 8 seed in Arkansas without their head coach. Lots of questions around if Bill Self was there. Would Kansas have been able to pull it off? And um, the only two number one seeds left are Alabama and Houston. And it's Um, like, if anyone should have lost, it should have been Alabama. (laughs) Like, the team that everyone is like, oh, we can't really root for these guys, can we? I know. Um... So my takeaways for you, I was in attendance at the games in Orlando on um, on Saturday. And some of my big takeaways as we head into the Sweet 16 Elite Eight weekend, Tennessee's defense, you guys, is legit. They shut down Duke. Um, Duke was in trouble from the beginning. And they always say that old statement, defense wins championships. Tennessee had Duke completely rattled. And this was a Duke team after their first game. I said, Wow, Duke's going to go far. And after Duke's run at the end of regular season play and into the ACC tournament, I was like, Duke could be a Final Four team. No, this Tennessee defense is for real. Also, speaking of hot coaches, Duke's coach is really, really hot. I'm just going to say it. Google him. Look him up. He's hot. Former Um, player. um, 
The other thing, Drew Timmy, his mother is shown on camera all the time. Megan Timmy. Megan Timmy, we here at Megan Fun of Sports are huge fan of, fans of we yours. You. We want you to come on the podcast. If anybody is listening who knows Megan Timmy, please let her know that we love her. We want her on the show. We want to talk to her about her son. Her son had an amazing performance on Sunday, put up 28 points. Um, this is a guy who feels like he's been in our lives for way too long. I mean, it hasn't even been four years. He has another year of eligibility. He's not going to use it, but... Good for Drew Timmy. You know this is it for him. He's not going to go on to play in the NBA. And these are players that make college basketball so much fun because, Mm -hmm. you know, he can be elite at this level and it can still be it and it can still matter so much. But my favorite thing about his mother, Megan Timmy, after his interview with um, CBS, I forget who did the interview with him, but he kept repeating the same word over and over again. And his mom tweeted out after the interview, I know who's getting a thesaurus for Christmas next year. So love this mom, Megan Timmy. We want to have you on the show. Um, Something I could not stop thinking about while I was watching college basketball this weekend is the amount of coaches that no longer wear suits. They Mm -hmm. wear athleisure. And what I mean by athleisure is like, They're wearing the Lululemon ABC pants. Everybody has caught on to this. Even older men have caught on to this. And when I say ABC pants, if you don't know what those are, Lululemon makes these pants called anti-ball crushing pants. Men love them. Ladies, get the men in your life a pair of these ABC pants. You will be forever remembered (laughs) and forever adored. And the college coaches have caught on to this. In fact... I have made a list. I am presenting the list to Megan right here of all of the coaches that are left, Mm -hmm. which is 16 teams. Only three of those coaches are suit guys. Just three coaches. It is Alabama head coach Nate Oates. It is Tom Izzo of Michigan State. However, And I know the the third. I know the third already. And who is it? UCLA's Mick Cronin in a suit with a pocket square looking sharp. He does kind of look like a thumb, though. No! <laughs> no that's the FDU coach. I that Tobin. I was like, get this man out of here. Well, maybe Mick Cronin is wearing a suit because he's like, because I have a theory, all men look great in a tuxedo. Like, you could take... You could take a bum off the street, put them in a tuxedo, and you go, okay, honey, here. And so maybe McCronin is like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work with this and, and get myself in some fashion. So now I've been really studying this topic because it's fascinated me. I do think as a society, our wardrobe has changed a lot since the pandemic. We all spent so much time in sweats that when we emerged out of our quarantine, it was like, do we ever have to wear real clothes again? And it's it's portraying and carrying over into other areas. So Tom Izzo, in the round of 32, he actually wore some ABC pants and a little half zip. But Tom Izzo, my Tom Izzo, is always in a suit. Mark Few Mm -hmm. of Gonzaga. He's athleisure. Jim Laranega of Miami. He's athleisure. Rodney Terry of Texas, athleisure. This coach is not getting enough attention. Dusty May of FAU. His name sounds like a stripper name. Yeah. Definitely does. Greg McDermott of Creighton. A lot of people call him Doug. Sorry, Greg. Sean Miller of Xavier. Jerome Mm -hmm. Tang of K-State. Kelvin Sampson of Houston. And Mitch Henderson of Princeton. Now, Megan, I have to ask you, with all of this um, 
data that I have uh, compiled here. If you were a college basketball coach, are you going athleisure and ABC pants or are you going full on suit? Okay. Well, as I sit here in maternity leggings and I'm not pregnant anymore, I am <laughs> going to jump my own ship. I think I'd be suit because really? I just think it looks so good. It looks really powerful and commanding. You're on national television. Like I have, I've been on TV and, and comics do late night sets. And I have always said, I really want to dress for the occasion. Mm -hmm. And so when I was on the tonight show, I wore a sparkly suit that was shorts. And so it was like, Oh, she's in a suit. And then you pulled away and you go, okay, she's got her legs out. So I think I would be doing like a little wink like that, but I, I just, I'm from the old school of like, if this many people are going to be looking at you, if you're at your job, if you are in charge of young men, you need to be dressed for that occasion. And I think for recruiting purposes, if a coach walked into my house, not with like a really fancy suit, but just looked good, I'd go, honey, you're going to play there. Conrad, that's your, that's your boss now. Now, see, I see it in a different light. One, I, I'm not even wearing a bra right now, so I could not put a suit Ditto, on. There's not absolutely in a bra. Not in a bra. <laughs> no way that I could be doing it. Um, but if you have to wear a suit, someone's got to iron this suit. You can't show up with wrinkled pants when you're on national television. You can't show up with a wrinkled tie, a wrinkled suit jacket. I do think some of the vertically challenged coaches, like someone like Nate Oates, who is a little bit smaller, you can tell he's he's a little beefy, he's a, he's a gym guy. Someone like him really, I think, needs to wear the suit, no tie, because it asserts dominance upon his players. Mm -hmm. But the other coaches, um, I am siding more with them because you know that these coaches who make millions of dollars, they're not ironing their own suit with a crappy hotel iron. And I don't care if you're staying at the nicest hotel in the world. I don't care if you're at the Ritz Carlton. I promise you, you pull out that iron. It is going to be effed up. It happens to me every Friday at work. I don't know how many times I tell myself, Megan, make sure that your stuff is ironed and cleaned before 10 minutes before you have to be at work on Friday and still 10 minutes before I need to be out the door. I'm scrambling around the room. I'm put, putting the shower on. I'm trying to steam the wrinkles out and I pull out the iron and it's got stuff all on the bottom of it. So whoever out there is listening that decides to make grilled cheeses with the hotel iron, there is a special place in hell for you. Please stop doing that because these irons and all of these hotels are jacked up. And I'm telling you, whoever the like assistant to this head coach is, they're, they're running all it. around town trying to find an iron to that iron this suit to be on national TV. I think what's happening, whoever's in charge of the jerseys for the players has a travel steamer mm -hmm. and is in a steam and mix suit because, yeah, you can't you can't trust the irons. You can't trust the blow dryers. And I have stayed in some of the most gorgeous hotels in the world. The toilet paper, one ply. You'll be at the Four Seasons, one ply. I go, we need as many plies that are in the name of the hotel. OK, you think people are eating caviar and then taking regular poops? They're not. Definitely not. So that's my hesitation there with the suit versus athleisure. Now, I did go back and look at the national championship coaches um, pre-pandemic and post-pandemic. And 2015, Coach K won it, was wearing a suit. 2016, yeah. Jay Wright won it, was wearing a suit. 2017, Roy Williams won it, was wearing and a suit. And you know he's in a suit. A checkered suit. Jay checkered Wright again. Blue. Ugh. In 2018, suit. 2019, Tony Bennett, he was looking great in that suit. 
2020, we had no national champion. And ever since then, both coaches who have won national titles, which is Scott Drew and Bill Self, both at leisure. So I'm just, I think wow. it's it's making our way. Mm-hmm. Lululemon is taking over. These ABC pants have just dominated college basketball. And, and you're just giving me more ammo for my anti-Matt Painter because I think he's a khakis and like three quarters zip and like mm-hmm. that that's work i would rather them be in the lululemon pants definitely so I'm, I'm putting that in my arsenal to bring up um when harry and i are defending our stance. when we go to court because we yeah. are we are going to court soon okay looking ahead to the sweet 16 um who are you picking who purdue's gone your brackets busted are there any teams that you like so I do have to say the one story that I have liked has been Princeton. I always pick the Ivy uh, because my dad went to an Ivy and, and I think played basketball there for like a day. And so I always pick the Ivy because I go, these boys, they're not used to losing. Okay, we're talking Val Victorians who can also hope they're winning. So I've loved that story. K-State versus Michigan State is probably the most interesting to me. As as I've said, I think Izzo is just the March mensch. Like, he just gets it done in March. Obviously, the school has been through hell and back, too. And I think a win would mean even more to them. K-State's been amazing this year and, and has really been not a dark horse because the, the Big 12 has been so good and, and they beat up on Kansas. So... I still think I would love to see Michigan State get through to the Final Four. I really would. And don't forget, we have one of our characters of March on that K-State team, and he has been very dominant. So we do love him. Um, I love Tennessee and their defense. I think Princeton could shock people. They've Mm -hmm. been – it hasn't been just like sneaking by with wins. They've been – no. They've been dominant. And so the line yeah. opened against Creighton. They were 10-point underdogs. I think take Princeton all the way to cover that spread. I don't know if they get past Creighton, but I think that they definitely will be in the game. Alabama's going to be really, really, really tough to beat. And my dark and, horse please. is Miami because Miami has solid guards. Um, and if you want to make a deep run in March, you got to have good guards. Can we please? So can can they beat my Alabama? I know we're all rooting I, against Alabama. I'm I'm assuming you saw Nick Saban coming out and being critical of the Alabama head coach and being like, it's not wrong place, wrong time. Like you can't bring a gun somewhere and then think that's going to go well. Um, so if Nick Saban is on the right side of history, like we got a problem. Uh, All right. Well, I hope everybody has a wonderful time watching college basketball this weekend. I know I will be, and we will all be together watching some. We're going to be together. So that will be fun. This is big news for the pod. Megan's going to be staying at my house. <laughs> Megan is the Megans are going to be under one roof with the Conrad and the CJ. Uh, let's take a quick break and then we'll come back with all of our NFL thoughts. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/network. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify.com/network. 
Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Okay, we are back. As noted at the top of the show, if you did not know, it is the NFL offseason. Free agency has taken over the news cycle, though. A lot of a lot of moves happening. Um, Cowboys traded for Brandon Cooks. Uh, as we said last week, they've moved on from Ezekiel Elliott, which, yeah, I, I guess is surprising. He just seems like such a fixture on that team. Also, our boy, our shared boy, uh, Stefan Gilmore was traded from the Colts to the Cowboys. So the, the Cowboys really are, uh, that defense is getting better. Definitely. I thought this would be it for Stefan Gilmore. I thought Indy was his last stop, thought he was going to retire, but you know, another chance with uh, the Cowboys and they could use some reinforcements in the secondary. So Stefan Gilmore, a good team player, somebody that I really enjoyed a lot. And I know you enjoyed watching. So happy to see him end up. He's the only reason the Colts won any games last year. Like he, he, like without him, it's like, Oh, we're going to go one in 16. I can't wait. Um, what other news? Panthers, they signed Adam Thielen to a three-year deal. Is Aaron Rodgers officially, like, is that officially official yet with the Jets, or are we still waiting? We're still waiting. Oh, God. Is that going to happen, or is it going to fall through? I think it'll happen. I think at this point, you've planned the wedding. You've got the flowers. The moms have picked out their dresses. Well, not his mom, because she's probably not coming to the wedding. Um, (laughs) But they're getting married. They're definitely getting married. Um, The Bills signed Patriots running back Damian Harris, which is tough news for Patriots fans. The Patriots have done absolutely nothing. They decided not to sign Jacoby Myers for $11 million a year, which is nothing when it comes to the NFL. And instead, they they decided to sign Juju Smith-Schuster, who's, you know, it's apples for apples there. But I guess for whatever reason, the Patriots like Juju better than... Jacoby, which well, I don't Juju really has get. a Juju has a larger social media presence, and maybe that's and what Bill's really into that. If anybody who's followed the Patriots knows that yeah. Bill Belichick loves social media, so that definitely has to be why this. Um, a, a a Patriots legend retiring though, in Dante Hightower. How many he has three rings with the Patriots? Yes, and one of the most iconic plays in Super Bowl history, yes. which was the strip sack that kept the twenty eight to three comeback alive. So. We're happy for Dante Hightower, tipping our cap to him. Um, I just wish this Patriots team would, would do something, you know? <laughs> I guess we're um, we're saving probably the biggest news for last, which is that Lamar Jackson has still not fa- – he's sort of like he's in limbo land where the Ravens have given him what the offer is going to be and he has this opportunity to – to find a better offer and it doesn't seem to be out there. The story goes kind of, I think there's two sides to it. I I think there's a world where he may down the road claim that there was collusion and that 
he wanted a certain amount and the Ravens, it was in their best interest to not give guaranteed, which means it's in the <coughs> best interest of all of the other NFL teams. Because once you go down that guaranteed road, that is what every single player is going to want. So I think he does have somewhat of an argument there. I just, I want Lamar to be happy and I want him to feel appreciated because I do think he really is good for the game. And I think he's absolutely so exciting to watch. And when I hear John Harbaugh speak about him, it's with true like love and admiration. And I think he's such a vital part of that organization. I I really actually want it to happen for him and the Ravens. There is this representative who, because as we know, Lamar Jackson is his own agent, which I'm actually thinking maybe all too. <laughs> um, and, and so, but he does have a representative who's involved, who is going out to teams on his behalf. I don't, it, it all just seems like a mess right now. Megan, what do you make of it? Um, the only thing I can relate this to is, you know, so kind of like, we've been in relationships before where it's like, you're a good person. I'm a good person. We want this to work, but there's just been too much damage and you reached the point of no return. Right. I just don't see how Lamar could enter this Ravens locker room and look at this coaching staff and look at this front office and um, feel good about where he's at right now. And I don't know if the teammates can forget what he did last year, not showing up to the last game. I feel like there's too many burnt bridges with the Ravens. If I'm a Ravens fan, which I am not, I don't think I'd want Lamar. I think, you know what? There's been too much drama. I want a fresh start. I think it's gone to the point where it it's pretty close. If it's not there yet, it's pretty close to the point of no return where they can't work mm-hmm. it out anymore. I wonder where he's going to be. Um, our boy, Jimmy G, was introduced to the fans. And there are really funny videos coming out. Now, as I watch these videos, I go, Jimmy, Jimmy's really kind of like a model hunk just filled with stock answers. Um, at one point, uh, a Raiders fan, who I assume is a large man because he said he's going to get a double XL jersey of uh, Jimmy. And then he yells, you're a really handsome guy. You're a really good looking guy. And Jimmy goes, I don't even know how to respond to that. And it's like, you don't, Jimmy? You haven't heard that every day since you were born? Like, I would think he would have a canned response to you're a really handsome guy coming from a 300 pound stranger at this point. I just so, think he would. So Jimmy's in Vegas. I'm going to be in Vegas as of tomorrow. How can I run into Jimmy Garoppolo? Where's he going to uh, be? Your husband's out of the room, right? Yeah, he's yeah, he's over there. I think you. In. I think you hit up the top notch strip club and you go into a champagne room and you're finding Jimmy G there. Now is he is he partaking? No, maybe he's just. Maybe he's just taking in the new sights of the city. Like once you move to a city, you're like, what What? What do the locals do? I got to get acclimated. So, yeah, he's probably at a strip club. And I say, God bless. Good for Jimmy. Um, any other NFL news and notes that we didn't hit on? No. Oh, the- should we talk about Cam Newton? Do you want to talk about Cam Newton? Do you really want him? Or do we do we hit on that enough? Do I talk you out of it? I just want to have some fun. Okay. Uh, like we're going down. Let's go down with a little fun and have okay. some outfits. That's it's not that like the Colts are going to be so brutal to watch that 
I don't know. I think some characters could be fun. I'm expecting a full on revolt from the Colts fan base. I, 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 I think they may end up drafting a quarterback who this will guy who's afraid of milk or whatever, and just go, let's see. I think that may end up what, what happens. And I, I just am like, I truly, there's blood in the water in Indy and I'm really scared. Yeah, and there's, it's, you know, Indy is a landlocked state, too, so. What's the water? Is the water just blood? Hmm. <laughs> we will have to think about that. Okay, well, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in to another edition of Megan Fun of Sports. You heard it in our show. We're having a sleepover this weekend in L.A., so I'm sure we'll have plenty of stories to fill you all in on next week. And hopefully, um, I hit it big in Vegas. Yeah, with Jimmy. It, yes, the with slots Jimmy. and Jimmy. The slots yes, and Jimmy. in more make ways sure, than one. Make sure you get that hall pass laminated before you go. Okay. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to. You know, <laughs> we have talked about Jimmy Garoppolo being on my hall pass list, so <laughs> it's a good time. All right, thank you all. We'll see you next week. Bye.